Welcome to Beyond the Donation, a podcast powered by DonorDoc. Our goal is to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies to further your fundraising and to teach you how to build your best donor relationships beyond their donation. Now on to the show with your host, Matt Fitzegei. Hello and welcome to Beyond the Donation. I am your host, Matt Bitsagai, and I am joined this week uh, by our guest, Austin Haddix from Pixel Lighthouse. Austin, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Matt. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah. Why don't you uh, just take a minute here and tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about Pixel Lighthouse and how you guys help nonprofits? Totally. Yeah. So at so I run a web agency called Pixel Lighthouse. And at Pixel Lighthouse, we help nonprofits with their website and also their brand as it comes across on their website. So we do all of the things that kind of go into the website from the messaging to the design to the actual website stuff itself. And then kind of roll that all into one package that serves as an asset for the organization and does the things that it's supposed to do, like speak to your community and get people taking action. So your your model is not just... Uh you know, engage with somebody, build a simple website and, and set them on their way. It sounds like you guys have a very prescriptive approach to how you uh, work with these nonprofits to make sure that the website actually does what it's supposed to do and helps the organization. Yeah. What we found is that it's very easy to just create a website, but for something to actually be reflective of the organization and the context that surrounds the website and their community, and then also just the brand itself, like what do you want to mean to that community? Like you need to make sure that there is kind of a more defined interaction, like a structured conversation to make sure that you really get at the heart of what the organization's about and what they're trying to accomplish so that you can create that messaging and that package and that brand that is going to speak to the people that they're trying to reach. And speaking of trying to reach the people you're trying to reach. What do you think is like the biggest challenge or issue that nonprofits face? What's the biggest struggle they have to overcome in regards to trying to communicate their mission effectively out through their website? There's several things, I think. I think probably the number one issue that we encounter is that very few nonprofits are just trying to reach a single group. Like the audiences are very dispersed there are uh, often donors on the one side, there's funders, then on the other side, there's beneficiaries, uh, there's also volunteers, there's the general public, there's uh, anybody that could have some kind of interest, partners, and trying to create a website that's able to speak to all those different groups and have a sort of journey, like a path that they can take on the website can be pretty tricky without... Um, you know, either watering down your message, in which case it's not going to speak to anybody, or just making something that's too convoluted, too complicated for anybody to actually use, and people end up just getting lost and end up leaving the website as a result. Yeah, and I would say that, you know, having that kind of functional site that actually works well has got to be a priority for nonprofits. I think um, I've gone to a lot and seen a lot of sites out there where uh, they're not, you, you can tell they're not getting um, across what they're trying to get across. And um, I think with that then leads to an experience for, as you mentioned, it's not just, you know, we talk a lot about donors. We, you know, we think a lot about, you know, online fundraising, things like that at DonorDoc, but 
you know, it's not just that it's, it's the, uh, it's the beneficiaries that you're serving. It's the volunteers that might be helping. There's all these different people. And, and I think you make a really good point there that the website has to be able to be communicative to all of those groups and kind of help them get where they need to go or have that experience. So really, uh, what have you guys found, you know, like what's your process look like when you work with a new nonprofit? Like, how do you, how do you take them from point A to kind of trying to get to point B? Yeah. So we start with kind of a broader picture discussion. So we do like a really big deep dive into everything that goes into the organization. So we talk about their community and the different groups and like, what are the actual actions that we want these people to take? Uh, how do we want them to interact with us? And then we also get really clear about things like the emotion and the meaning. So what do we want people to think when they think of our organization's name? Like what are the associations and like, what are they what do we want people to say like this organization is like this, like they're very approachable. They're very transparent. So we get really clear about that. And also just like the, the tone of voice and things like that. So that whenever we are in the process of creating the website, like we know, like what is kind of that foundation that we're trying to rest everything on. Makes a lot of sense. Um, and you know, when you're working with these nonprofits, so obviously you've got your website channel, um, you've got social channels. Like, do you do you guys work with them across more than just the website, uh, or do you really focus really heavily on the website and not necessarily other you know marketing channels that they might be working with? It's purely the website. We do a couple of things. It's kind of like the website's like the center of our solar system. We do do some content creation, which goes into the SEO space. We also do a little bit of work with the newsletter as well, which is a big part of the website, but it's certainly adjacent. So it's really the website. It's not social media. It's not paid ads. Um, but anything that is directly related to the website is kind of what we focus on. Gotcha. Do you see that nonprofits, you know, when you think about like website, you think about social channels, trying to get visibility to your organization? I mean, is it something do you do you feel like there's like this kind of pull or push pull like competition between trying to get your website where you want and trying to get visibility across social channels? Like, is it a, do they need to be doing both? Do they need, is it a both and uh, is one more important than the other? Like what kind of, what's your viewpoint on that? Yeah, I think social media and websites specifically have kind of a ideal relationship in that social media is good for discoverability. So coming up in somebody's feed and starting to get a little bit of recognition, but then it's effective to use the social media to drive people to your website where that's kind of the clearinghouse where everybody can come and check you out and really dive deep, not on just like the snippet of a post that they saw on their feed, but really what is the organization all about from the ground level floor. And then uh, from there, you can move them to something like your newsletter or some other way of actually taking tangible action, becoming a donor, becoming a volunteer, or maybe signing up for a program. Yeah, that makes sense. And Austin, correct me if I'm wrong, but you kind of got your start in the for-profit world and then kind of shifted to working for nonprofits. Is that, did I have that right? Yeah. Yeah. So I did a lot of stuff in the for-profit space for the longest time and, and then got a little burned out on that. And uh, over time had a handful of nonprofit clients that I'd worked with. And so uh, when me and my business partner started talking about potentially partnering up, we looked at the clients that we most enjoyed working with and the you know nonprofits was kind of the Venn diagram overlap, happy medium where we landed. 
That's cool. That's really a very similar story to how DonorDot got started. You know, spent a lot of years in the for-profit space, but had some nonprofit cl- clients and working on the CRM side of things. And um, when I decided it was time to start something, it uh, it was a kind of a passion thing to want to go do that in the nonprofit space. So that's kind of a cool overlap there. What I the reason I asked that question, you know, in in the for-profit space, we do things with like retargeting, things like that, where you know somebody visits our website and then maybe they see one of our ads on their social feed, you know, down the road, but they got to get to the website first for that, that retargeting to really work. Do you guys do anything like that? Or does that work in the nonprofit space to do things like retargeting or some of those for-profit kind of tools that can be leveraged on the nonprofit side? Yeah, it's not something that we do directly, but we do know a lot of people that work in that space. And from what they've shown me, it seems to be really effective and like a really good way to continue to get that visibility. Because like you said, once somebody's on the website once, you want to make sure that you can con- continue that relationship. You don't want them to just come and leave and never come again. You want to make sure that you can kind of capitalize on that opportunity and continue to, to build that relationship. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Working with nonprofits and having had the experience in the for-profit side prior, do you see like common, you know, I don't want to say bad habits, but like poor practices that maybe um, you're seeing nonprofits doing with their websites that maybe aren't isn't happening as much on the for-profit side or just things where you're like, these are the common things we kind of see that really need to get taken care of uh, when we work with clients. Yeah, one thing that nonprofits do a lot more than the for-profit space is I think they're much more, they, they typically write at a more complicated level. So, on, you know, on the one hand, that sounds good because you want to make sure that you're articulating things well and you're being very thorough in your messaging. But whenever you speak at, you know, something that has like an average of three syllable level it does get more complicated and it's more difficult for the average Jane or the average Joe to understand like, you know, what are we actually talking about here? Like what is your mission? Uh, even fundamental things like who you help and what you're all about. So when we're working with nonprofits, that's always a, a really big focus is to make sure that we're putting things in plain language so that visitors are going to understand what is the big idea here and what uh, do I need to take away as a visitor to this website? Sure. That makes sense. Um, are you guys doing anything, you know, a lot of, a lot of things are moving towards the AI direction, you know, using AI in various ways. Um, you know, we, we've kind of incorporated some things into donor doc now with, with AI to help with, you know, writing better email headlines or, you know, better email copy, that sort of thing. Are, are you guys using any kind of AI tools and what you're doing now? And if so, um, you know, like how, give us an example of how you are or how that works. Yeah, we probably don't use as many AI tools as we should. We do use ChatGPT fairly frequently. Uh, We use it mostly for ideation. So it's really good for getting past the blank page syndrome, Mm -hmm. getting something down. Uh, It's also really good for finding emojis for your social media posts. That's probably what we use it most often for. Okay, um, didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, but uh, we found it really good for um, getting unstuck. And that's primarily what we've been using it for. Makes sense. I, it's always easier to kind of edit something than it is to just, you know, start from nothing and, and build something. So if that can help you get to that starting point, um, that definitely makes a lot of sense. 
what are some like if you were to talk to our audience who is you know small to mid-sized nonprofits like what are some tips or best practices that you would maybe share with them to streamline their focus and how they can communicate their story through their website do you have any like you know these are quick hitters that can really help people yeah a, a lot of m- most nonprofit websites should put a lot of their effort into their homepage, I feel like, like, it, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the whole website needs a little bit of help, but the homepage is a really big opportunity because that is where the majority of visitors are going to go. It's going to be the first touch point. And that sort of first impression is going to make or break whether somebody decides to go to the sub page, to the about page or to the programs page and explore a little bit more. So um, making sure that the first impression up at the very top of the homepage, like that's the most important real estate in my opinion. So making sure that it tells people like, what is our big idea? Like not just our mission statement, because mission statements are usually a little bit complicated, but in plain words, like what do we do? Who are we for? What's sort of the big idea here? And what's the preview of the website that you're about to read? So, you know, here's what we're all about. And you can kind of decide, do I want to continue reading? Or, you know, maybe this isn't for me and I should look somewhere else. Uh, and then also yeah. if you can have some kind of visual aspect of that too, like a, an image or something that connects with your vision or with your mission uh, and also like an outcome of your mission, I think that's a really effective way to have that first impression work well. And we always tell people too, you want to make, you know, you want your website to be easy for people to figure out, especially, you know, again, we, we look at a lot of things through the lens of um, online giving, online donations. And so, you know, making it really easy for them to donate, you know, having the the donate button uh, on the website somewhere that's obvious and doesn't take a lot of effort. And I would guess that that can kind of carry through when you're talking about that top kind of part of the page in the real estate there. Um, really, those are where you probably want those things that are important that you want to make easy for people. So whether that's, you know, how to donate or how to volunteer, those types of things, getting them um, where they can click that and, and get to it pretty quickly, I would think. Yeah, keeping it prominent. And we always have uh, a button in the primary navigation menu, and usually it is donate. So that is just kind of a reinforcer that, you know, we're a nonprofit and this is one of the primary actions we'd like people to take. Yeah. Um, what are some of the things that, you know, having come from the for-profit space, what are some of the, you know, disadvantages that you see nonprofits are in, in comparison to like for-profit counterparts? Um, yeah, uh, I think well, one is obviously budgetary because yeah. there are, there is more constraints in place and things can be a little bit tighter and that can limit the flexibility that you have uh, and also just you know the amount of money that you have to potentially you know try something and then see if it works or uh, maybe it wouldn't pan out so there's always a little bit more risk factor involved there mm-hmm. I think also more nonprofits um, are a little flatter in time in terms of organization and they want to have many voices contribute to the project and so that's not a bad thing in of itself, but it does make it more difficult to reach agreement and to move projects forward like the website, especially whenever everybody kind of has a different opinion about how things should look or how things should be organized uh, and making sure that their particular uh, sliver of the organization, you know, is getting uh, the focus that it should throughout the website. So I think those are two major issues that uh, we encounter pretty frequently. And that's one of the things that we, um, especially with trying to, 
make everybody feel heard and make sure that everybody uh, is able to contribute to the website. That is something that we do in our process is make sure that we have kind of a structured conversation where we can all come together to talk about it so that we can get an idea of what everybody's opinion is and then make a decision so that we can continue to move forward. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. I think we see that too, you know, a lot of the same same things, budgetary constraints or, um, you know, even even like technical expertise sometimes, you know, having the expertise internally, whether it's marketing or, or technical. Um, And so, you know, that's where working with really, you know, good partners can help. But of course, um, scarcity of resources, I think for nonprofits is, is a very real thing a lot of the time. And so um, how would you, if you were to, you know, when you talk to these nonprofits, like, well, what size organizations do you typically work with? Is it, it, do you work like mostly in the larger side of things with nonprofits or do you work with some of the smaller mid-market type size organizations? It really varies. Um, Probably most commonly, we work somewhere between with organizations between uh, 1 million annual revenue and maybe 6 million annual revenue. But there have been larger organizations, there's been smaller organizations as well. It just largely depends. A lot of times they get a grant or they just have some kind of budget set aside and then um, and the, the willingness to work kind of in that collaborative environment is really what we look for. Sure. Um, when you're talking to a nonprofit and, and uh, you know, of course, we, we have those challenges, right? There's budget, there's there's resource constraints, et cetera. You know, how do you guys make sure that they understand the value that you can bring? And, and you know, how, how do you articulate the value that this website can bring to their organization to get past some of those hurdles or at least help them understand that there's there is a very real value that comes from it? Yeah, I, I think it, it depends a lot on the organization. We do we do kind of a deep dive look at all the different ways that they're currently doing things on the website. Uh, and also we look at things like traffic, and that can also be indicative of opportunities. So if there's, you know, 10,000 people coming every month, but only, you know, 10% of those people go to a secondary page, then that indicates that, you know, people aren't seeing what they're expecting to see. And they're kind of deciding, well, this isn't really for me and I should go. Uh, and then also, I think we do have more of kind of a facilitative approach where we are very transparent and open and honest, and uh, we try to make it seem very easy just by making sure, you know, as long as they're going to share kind of their piece, like what is their core, like what is their organization all about, what's their culture, then we can translate that into something that is going to connect with the community and make sure that everybody does kind of have a place within the larger idea of the website. And I know some providers out there, agencies and so forth, have have started to try and move towards this model of, um, you know, we have our kind of website in a box type of idea where, you know, uh, you you do it the same for everybody to be able to kind of keep the costs where, you know, where they need to be. But it sounds like you guys, it almost, you know, kind of handle each separate customer very, very separately and uniquely as far as your approach. I mean, your general approach, I'm sure probably stays very similar, but um, do you guys have like packages that people can, can choose from, or is it more of a, you know, each one is kind of a custom engagement to make it work for them? Yeah, we do have a couple of different packages just depending on what the organization's looking for. So they are very custom each time because every organization is unique and does have different needs, but we start with kind of the package as the, the idea and then through some of these discussions, we uncover like what does the organization actually need? Like, 
do they have a membership section of the website or do they have an e-commerce portion? Do they need to translate into multiple languages? And then from those discussions, we have like a better understanding, like what are we actually trying to build here? Like what's sort of our North Star? And then we can um, put them into those different packages just kind of depending on the scope and uh, the, the budget that's available. Sure. Makes sense. I think that's a really good approach to it where you've kind of got something to start with, but then can really, you know, tailor it to work for each individual organization. That's really good. Um, Give us, you know, what are the, you know, maybe top two or three like simple things a nonprofit could do to make their website better today. That's probably putting you on the spot a little bit, but do you have any of those little like, you know, people just don't do this and they should be doing that one or two things like that? Yeah. One opportunity is the navigation menu uh, that appears at the top of every page. So almost every single nonprofit website I've seen is way too complicated and doesn't have a very intuitive structure. There are a couple of best practices for that. Uh, One is to make sure that you have seven or fewer items as kind of like the available top level items. Uh, if you have more than that, it typically seems a little bit overwhelming and people can start to get a little bit fatigued, you know, trying to dig through all the pages available. Uh, we also mentioned having a button in the upper right-hand corner of your navigation menu. That's usually a pretty uh, solid choice. Uh, the homepage up at the top, making sure that's a good experience. And then I think also um, focusing on your calls to action that ac- appear across the website. So making sure that they are written in a way that's kind of like you-focused, So it's not like, you know, join us today, but it's more like, here's kind of the value, here's the benefit, or here's like why you might want to be involved, how you could help us, you know, kind of see this better future tomorrow if you uh, support us. That um, can make them feel more compelling. And once you have good calls to action, then that's whenever people start to take more action and actually do the things that you want them to do. Awesome. Yeah, it's really good advice. And uh, I think things that, you know, for most, in most cases, those are, those are, you know, things that people can actually go and, and kind of do on their website without, you know, too much trouble. Austin, tell our listeners how they can find and learn more about your organization and connect with you. So there are two ways. Uh, number one is they can find me on LinkedIn, where every week I publish three action packed information, uh, different posts about how you can improve your website or your nonprofit's brand. Uh, So that's number one. And then number two is they can pick up our uh, nonprofit website mistakes guide, which you can find at pixellighthouse.com slash nonprofit dash website dash mistakes. And that's uh, kind of a guide that breaks down um, the top website mistakes that we've seen on nonprofit websites and how you can fix them. That sounds really valuable for people. So I would definitely encourage people to check that out. Uh, We'll add a link to that in our show notes so that uh, people can find that. Um, Austin, it's been really, uh, a joy to have you on the conver- on the podcast today. Look, I've really enjoyed the conversation. You obviously have a lot of knowledge, um, that I think could help nonprofits around the country. So I would encourage people to check out Pixel Lighthouse. Uh, please remember to leave us a rating or a review where you listen to podcasts. And we want to thank you for joining us on this episode of Beyond the Donation. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Beyond the Donation podcast. We're grateful you tuned in today. For more information about our guests and to view the show notes, resources, and links from today's show, head over to beyondthedonation.com. 
Here's to furthering your mission and driving more impact beyond the donation.